you know, kids have just such an incredibly challenging life. You know, we just kicked off school all over again, and uh, I know for those of us who are parents and grandparents and have kids at home, you know, we were kind of happy, you know, to get the kids back into, into school a little bit, but, but it, it could be challenging. I saw this last uh, week or so ago, I saw some pictures from first day before and after, pictures of when the kids went to school and then what they looked like at the end of the day. I thought you might enjoy this. Just throw that first one up on the screen for me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there's, what, there's what that little cutie looked like heading out the door. And this is in pre-K, you know. He's like, holy cow. I don't, know what, what, I don't know what kind of boy she encountered, but it looked like she duked it out. Yeah, throw that next one up on the screen. Yeah, look at this. I love this. Her hair is all done up in pig. By the end of the day, the pigtails are out. You know, we're going to get the scowl on the face. I'm ready to go to war. Yeah, I don't blame you, kid. Throw that next one up on the screen for me. Yeah, look at this little girl. <laughs> I, I literally laughed out loud when I saw this. I mean, didn't, didn't this little girl say, I had a really bad day at the office? You know, it's just kind of a, I don't know. Oh, throw that next one up on the screen. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> I don't know if she won that wrestling match or not, but I bet she got her licks in. Throw that, throw that last one up. I think we got one more. Yeah, it's cool. It's like, holy cow, one sock up, one sock down. I'm, you know, I'm just, this is, I'm done. Now, and, and again, it's, how many teachers do we have here? I know we got several, several of you guys. Yeah, some of you are hiding in the back. Yeah, you don't want to admit it. But it, teachers have a hard time too. Throw this, this is a teacher before and after picture. Go ahead, throw that up on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they look like when they're done with your kids at the end of the day. So, Well, I, I want to talk about this. We've, this has been our theme for the day. You know, I'm in this series called Killer Questions. And we just have been looking at just some of the questions that the Bible asks that I think really do deserve an answer. And as I was going through the Bible when I was preparing this series and just looking at, you know, literally hundreds of questions and trying to pull out some that I could focus on, one of them that hit me was from Psalm 119, and I thought it would fit really well for our day today. Throw that passage up on the screen for us. Read this out loud with me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Stop with me for a second. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? When I read that question, it hit me. You know, this, this question that he asked. Now read the answer. What does he say? By living according to your word. And so I, I kind of spent some time on that question and I, and I kind of rephrased it into how do we protect, protect our kids? We, we live in a crazy world, amen? Crazy world. I mean, everywhere you look, there's all kinds of stuff going on. You go, man, this is just really scary out there. And I know that there are those of you as parents and grandparents that you've asked that question, you know, how do, I, how do I protect my kids? And maybe a better word would be to say, how do we prepare our kids to, to engage in a world like this? Now, I wanna, I wanna give two, two statements before I jump into this, and I'm gonna move pretty quickly through my stuff today, but I wanna give you two statements that I, I, want you to, I want you to hear loud and clear. First, look at me, hear my heart with this. There are no guarantees. There are no guarantees. And what do I mean by that is this. Some of us who have been down the road a little bit in parenting and grandparenting can, can tell you that no matter how hard you work to instill the things of God into your children and grandchildren, ultimately your kids will have to choose for themselves. And there are those I, I have sat with, parents who uh, feel very defeated 
because as their children became adults, they turned away from the faith or they went in a different direction. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Look at me. They have to answer for them. And I, I just want to, I want to tell you that because sometimes we want that magic formula and there is none. We're going to talk about things that we really can do that will give our kids every opportunity. But ultimately, just like Adam and Eve had to choose for themselves, your kids will have to choose for themselves. Amen? I want to make that, make that clear. Second thing I want to say to you is this. When I talk about parenting and I talk about this stuff today, it's not just about parents. It's, it's also about grandparents. Um, right now, I think the last stat I read said that about one in five children are actually being raised by their grandparents and not their parents. And for those of us who are grandparents, I don't know about you, but I know Wanda and I, that, you know, we, we have our grandkids around a lot. And so we know that we're, we're going to have a, a hand in this as well. And some of you will too. Uh, some of you as, as older brothers and sisters or aunts and uncles, some of you as friends. Uh, when I made, uh, during the, the child dedication, when I turned to you as an audience and made that statement about the impact that you will have, that comes from experience. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm standing here today as a pastor, uh, not so much even, I, I did have uh, my father who, who really helped ground me in my faith, but I had people outside of my family who were youth counselors and people that worked in my church, and they had a huge impact in the formation of my life. And you will have that opportunity as well. So as I talk about this, I don't want, to get, I don't want you to give yourself an out because God may use you to come alongside a young person and sometimes just one simple conversation can change the trajectory of someone's life. And we need to be aware of that um, because we wanna, we wanna pass this baton of faith on to the next generation, amen? Amen. Well, let's go. How, how, can, we, how can we protect our kids? I wanna, I wanna give you four thoughts about this and I'll give them to you pretty quick. Here's the first one. I want to challenge you to do your best to make faith a family affair. Make faith a family affair. I double dog dare you to make a declaration as a family that we are a family of faith. I think somewhere along the way, uh, we, we leave too much to chance. And I think somewhere we've got to say, as, as the heads of our households, we need to say, this is who our family is going to be. To the best of our ability, this is what we're going to be about. I, I love how uh, Joshua did this. In Joshua 24, when he was toward the end of his life, and he was really just kind of helping people understand, I've done everything I can do to lead you, be a model for you. But here, here was the challenge he said. He said, you know what? If you refuse to serve the Lord, then you choose today who you're going to serve. Read it with me. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Have you made that decision? Have you made that determination? Is that clear? Um, I, I have conversations with, with, with parents and families all the time uh, about these matters of faith. And I get, I get asked the question, you know, Pastor Steve, my, you know, my kid's a teenager. He doesn't want to go to church. Should I make him go to church? I go, yes, of course you should. It's like, do you make them go to school? 
You know, do you make them eat? I mean, we, we, we are telling our kids what is important to them by what we say we are about as a family. And I'm just going to tell you, somewhere along the way, we've got to say, it's, this is who we are. And if you're a part of this household, this is who we're going to do. Again, I can't force you into a personal relationship with God, but this is what we're going to be about. I mean, Wanda and I had a, a nephew that came and lived with us um, when he was uh, in, in, uh, early a young adult. And when he decided, when we talked to him about coming and staying with us, we said, dude, here's the deal. Here for us in our house, we serve the Lord. And so if you're here with us, that you're wonderful, you're welcome to stay. And wherever you are in your journey of faith, that's okay. But we go to church. This is what, this is what we do as a family. We pray over our meals. We, we do these things. And I think those are the things as a family you say, you know what? As a family, we're going to pray together. We're going to read the Bible together. We're going to worship together. This is who we are. I want to take that one step further. There, there's an insightful passage in, in 2 Timothy 1.5 where Paul was writing to Timothy and he said, I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith first that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Now, everybody look at me for a second. What is noticeably missing in this passage? The father. The father. I, I thought it was interesting that it, Paul doesn't mention a grandfather and he doesn't mention a father. He talks about a grandmother and a mother. And fortunately, Timothy latched onto that faith. But all the studies that we've done sociologically have shown that when the father has a hand in leadership in the faith that kids tend to stick with that faith after they become adults at a lot higher rate. In other words, sometimes, you know, what we've seen in our culture is a lot of times dads kind of step back and let moms do it all. And you know what? That, that's, that's, that's not the way we want to do this. As, as a family of faith, uh, we want fathers just as involved as we do mothers because we know that image and that role is important in the lives of our children. Does that make sense? Look at me. Hear my heart. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at war for our children. We are. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed it, man, but, but if you look around, we live in a culture that is doing everything that it can to take our kids down a wrong path. And so we have to lock arms together, not just as a church, but as families, and say, this is who we are, this is what we're about, and we're going to do our very best to give our kids all that they need in this time that we have them. Look at me. One day, your kids aren't going to be with you. And will they hold on to your faith when you're not around? I, I love it. I had a pastor wrote a blog last week. And he was, he was talking about in their children's church, at their church, they, they sometimes do this game with the kids in, in large group where they put all the kids together in the center of the floor and then they'll, they'll give a question and they'll give them two options and they say, pick one. And then the kids run to the wall, you know, that, 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 they, that they choose. You know, for instance, he said, would you rather have a birthday party at the pool or would you rather have a birthday party at the park? And the kids say, you know, they go this way or they, or they go that way. And he said recently they, they were putting him in and he said, here, here are the questions as he was watching. He said, would you rather have ice cream or would you rather have potato chips? How many ice cream people do we have? 
How many potato chips people do we have? Yeah, that, that was kind of, you know, the kids are, and the kids are scattering toward the walls. And he goes in, he said, would you rather spend your summer vacation at the beach or the mountains? Beach, mountains. Yeah. Would you rather watch fireworks or eat watermelon? Fireworks? Watermelon? Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. You guys are really good at this. Would you rather build a sandcastle at the beach or play or swim in the waves? Sandcastles? Swim with the sharks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, be bait if you want to. Here was the question. It was so cool. He said that the, the leader asked this question at the end, and it said, would you rather, and these are summer questions, he said, would you rather have a bad sunburn or 18 mosquito bites? All right, think about it once. Bad sunburn, 18 mosquito bites? And it, it, here's the, it was, this was so funny. He said the kids scattered to the walls except one little five-year-old girl named Maddie. And he said Maddie just stood in the center of the floor like this. And he said when the leader walked out and said, Maddie, which one are you going to choose? And she goes, I don't want either one. <laughs> and said the leader just looked at her and, and said, you know what? I wouldn't want either one either. And he said, how cool is it to have a kid of such strength of character that regardless of the instructions of the leader, regardless of the peer pressure of kids going both directions, she stood her ground and said, I'm not choosing either one. Ladies and gentlemen, we want kids like that. Amen? We want kids like that. Kids who aren't going to go with the flow. Kids who aren't going to do it just because somebody says to do it. Kids who know what they want and why. Number two, become mentors in the faith for your children. Become mentors in the faith for your children. Proverbs 22, 6. This is from the Passion Translation. I love it. He says, dedicate your children to the Lord and point them in the way that they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Many versions translate that first word as train. In other words, here's the deal. Sometimes I think when we're, we're raising kids, we, we simply get in the mode, we just want to expose them to the faith. Uh, we want them to be exposed to spiritual things. We want them to be exposed to church. We want them to be exposed to God. But, but there's a deeper level of this. Uh, you heard it when I was reading Deuteronomy 6 where, where God's talking about tie these things on, put them around the door frames of your home. And, in other words, this faith that God has given us, he wants to train us to train our children. Look at me, not just teaching them what, but teaching them how. You know, we, we, we tell our kids, you know, growing up, you know, you ought to go to church um, you, or, you, or you ought to, you know, you ought to pray or you ought to read the Bible, but do we show them how to do that? And I think this is where 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 really starts getting down to to really helping our kids have something that they can walk away with. I, I, I thought of a just kind of letting laying it out for you, just kind of helping you see what does this look like in parenting. When they're young, do it for them. When they're young, do it for them. How many of you, your parents or grandparents, you had someone in your life who used to read Bible stories to you when you couldn't read? Anybody my, some of my earliest childhood memories are sitting on my father's lap and him reading to me from an Eggermeyer Bible story book. 
and, and hearing those stories of the faith, you know, way, way, way back in the day. When they get older, do it with them. When they're, as they get older, do it with them. In other words, as they, as they get a little older and they can read for themselves, let them read a little bit, you read a little bit, let them name the characters, let them point to doing it. And as they mature, let them do it. As they mature, let them do it. So when we're talking about the Bible, we're reading stories to them, and then we're reading stories with them, and then we're sitting and we're letting them read the story, and maybe we ask them questions about what they just read. Or when we're teaching kids to pray. You know, when, when the kids are young and we put them down in bed, we pray over them. I'm going to pray for you. And we pray and we ask God to bless them and take care of them. But, but then as kids get older and able to, we teach them prayers. How many of you ever taught the prayer? Now I lay me down to sleep, you know, and, you know, pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die before I wake. <laughs> I don't know why we threw that line in there for kids, you know, it's kind of, but, but, it, but we, we teach kids, we start helping them learn how to pray. And then we want to get our kids to a place where we talk about what we need to pray for and we let our kids say the prayers for us. Does this make sense? Because what you want is not just to have your kids hear prayers growing up, but you want to teach your kids to have this ability to take what they've learned and put it into action when they need it. Um, there is a, the executive pastor from Crossings Community, Blake Beston, this last week posted on Facebook, this was such a cool story. Uh, last Tuesday night, there was a 10-year-old baseball game and there was, during the course of the game, there was a grandfather in the stands who was watching, and he had some kind of medical emergency. And when that happened, they, uh, they stopped the game, and the, the parents were tending to this grandfather who was struggling, and everything was going on. But something else happened that I thought was so unbelievable. Throw that picture up on the screen. These players... They looked down and these kids all on their own circled up together and they began to pray for this kid's grandfather who was in the stands. Now just get this. You know, this isn't a coach-led prayer. This is, this is a kid-led deal. Some 10-year-old kid had had enough mentoring in his faith that when he heard there was a grandparent struggling, he knew when people are in trouble or people are hurting, we pray, circles the team up, and they pray. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the kind of faith we want our kids to have. Amen? That's the kind of faith. And that just doesn't, just doesn't happen. We have to build that into our our kids. Third thought I want to give you, which you'll easily understand, is you need to commit, we need to commit ourselves as much to growing ourselves as much as growing our kids. Commit to growing yourself as much as growing your kids. Um, if your child or grandchild were to ask you the question, so what have you learned about God lately? What could you tell them? If, are you at a place where growing in God is something that you're continuing to do, that you're you, not just something that you did years ago and you're just kind of holding on to what you've got, but, but you're currently reading the Word. You're currently spending time with God. God is currently doing some things in your life. Now, if I understand the Scriptures correctly, the, the Bible talks about the fact that we are to continue to grow until that day that we stand before God. Amen. 
And we're never too old to do that. And we want to be giving to our kids out of what God is teaching us. Go back to Deuteronomy chapter 6 again for the verse I read to the parents a little while ago. It's on your outline. Would you read this out loud with me, please? And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Now, don't miss what he says. You love God. You love him with your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. You, you do this. You commit yourself. And as you do that, then teach them to your children. Now, here's, here's the, a stark reality. For all the things that we say, more of our faith is caught than taught. Amen? So we need to teach it well with the way that we live. I put that statement on your outline. What you are speaks much louder than what you say. Let me give you one more. Love your kids even more passionately than you lead them. Love your kids even more passionately than you lead them. You know, when I, whenever I talk about this stuff, I, I know that there are some times that, that adults start getting a little antsy because they go, Pastor Steve, man, I'm not, I'm not a Bible scholar. Uh, you know, I'm not really good with words. Um, I, I really fear that I might, I might fall short. Um, but here's the deal. Love your children and love your grandchildren with the same way that God has loved you. Because that love that God has put in your heart will communicate so much more than you will ever be able to say in words. And the reason I say that is because sometimes, if we're honest, sometimes when, when we're raising our kids in the church, sometimes we can get bent, so bent out of shape about what our kids are doing or not doing that we, we let our anger and frustration with them take over. And then we begin to being, start being harsh with them and ugly with them. And can I just say this? And not that there's not a time to be firm with our kids. There is. Not that there's not a time to discipline our kids. There is. But when we allow ourselves to become harsh and angry and bitter and frustrated with our kids, we don't act with the character of Christ. 1 Peter 4, 8. Read it with me. Most important of all, Continue to show deep love for each other, for love makes up for many of your faults. How many of you have two or three faults you'd like to own up to? Yeah. Love can cover up a little bit of that. I love what Ephesians says. He says, fathers, don't make your children angry, but raise them with the kind of teaching and training you learn from the Lord. And what is the kind of teaching and training that you learn from the Lord? Grace and mercy. I don't know about you guys, but I am so glad that I have a heavenly father who treats me with the heart of grace because I have needed a lot of it. Don't just teach your kids about the love of God. Show it to them. What would it look like if we did our jobs well? 
Can you imagine pouring your faith into your kids and having them pour it into their kids and then having them pour it into their kids? I, uh, I, I saw a video last week that I absolutely loved. Uh, a family was getting together with the oldest remaining matriarch of the family. It was a great-great-grandmother who was around 100 years old. And as they got together for this family gathering, um, the mother, uh, the, the, what would be the, actually the granddaughter, asked her daughter, if, her teenage daughter, if she would sing to her great-grandmother. I don't want you to miss this very beautiful moment. Play that video. I don't know what she's, what she's doing. Let's play the whole song. Tell her what she's what she's doing. Okay, you want me to sing it again? She's gonna sing you a hymn. She's gonna sing you a hymn. Oh. Okay, ready. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, Thy power throughout the universe displayed Then sings my soul, thy Savior God, to thee How great thou art, how great thou art then sings my soul, thy Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou If you one day want to get that back, you have to put it into them. Amen. I, I want to I end um, differently than I would normally end. Um, I, have a, I, I wrote a, a responsive reading that is a prayer of dedication for us to pour our hearts and souls into these next generations. It's a commitment to raising children and Christian homes. And we're going to throw those up on the screen. And I'll read the part of the leader. And if you would respond as the audience, that would be awesome. You ready? Here we go. Lord, we thank you for our children. We know they are precious gifts from you. We commit ourselves to raise them in families where Jesus Christ is the head of our households. 
We will not just tell them about who you are. We will show them how to discover you for themselves. We will give them models to follow by becoming the men and women of God you want us to be. We will do our best to guard them from the evil one and his ways in this world. And we will love them with the love that you've shown us. Give them the grace that you've given us and never give up on them just as you have never given up on us. And all of the church said together, amen, amen.